Thank you for being here as part of Conscious Enterprises are now. So good to meet you and hear about all the wonderful things that you're doing. I know you're traveling soon. Um, so thanks for fitting me in your schedule. Thank you. Um, so you are the founder of Stand Up For Passion. You are a self-proclaimed global chief happiness officer. You're the CEO of Kikai Mining. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. Kikai Mining, which is a happiness innovation agency. It's okay. I'm fine. <laughs> um, you're a leadership coach. You're the author of Mr. Happiness. You have a TEDx talk about happiness. Um, and you're also a comedian, actor, and artist. I'm also a dog whisperer. Yes. Bibi has clearly Hello. been called to you. I hope you don't mind her on your This path. is a new television on the other. This yeah. is really, you didn't know, but it's actually all about you today. I'm going to ask you a question. She's going to be very happy afterwards. <laughs> so, uh, so beside being a, a, a dog interventionist, yes, yes everything you, you say is true. Uh, basically, everything around passion, purpose, yes. and happiness, that's what uh, motivates me. That's what inspires me. Yeah. And, and really, when you do a, such a job, you do it just to meet people like you, people in the space. They want to be in the space. They are going to be in the space. Uh, and then the skeptical, we're not, we're not sure, you know, should they do something? Should they transform themselves? Oops. You okay, buddy? <laughs> and then, uh, and then the goal is just to to get the connection with with the other people, and then some, you know, some real energy comes out of it. Right. That's my goal, right? The real energy, positive energy, sustainable energy in the world. First in the person, and then in the world. But I always come back to what can you do for you right now? Yeah, that's your goal. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and you have an extraordinarily international life. I feel like you, all these events that you do are in different countries. I know you've lived in many different countries. Can we start just by, I just want to know where you grew up, like where did your career trajectory take you, and how did you end up in New York City? So I was born in Champagne, right, okay. where we make Champagne. Beautiful. Uh, an hour from Paris. And then I grew up in Paris. My okay. parents moved to Paris as five or six, I think, six. Um, when I was 16, I felt stuck, blocked in Paris, I felt I could not be myself. Oh, wow. I left by myself, went to high school in Georgia, all places. Georgia in the US? In the US. Interesting. Very conscious place, right? <laughs> very different. Very, very. Yeah. One of the consciousness capital of the world, right? <laughs> um, so very interesting experience, let's oh. put it like, like this. Um, I was, for instance, the, the only white guy to eat with black people in my high school at the time. You're kidding. Yeah, 1990. So it was an interesting experience in, on many points of view. When I turned 19 years old, I went to Japan one year. Yeah. And then basically, since that time, I never stopped traveling between Asia, mostly America, and then for the last uh, Europe. But for the last five years, since I've been doing, on, on, since I've been on this path, of, of uh, promoting, working, facilitating, talking about happiness, purpose, passion. I find myself a lot in Central America and uh, a lot in the Middle East, a lot of Middle East. Wow. Interesting enough. Is there, like, um, do you find yourself drawn towards a specific, why, like why the Middle East, right, for right. example? What I mean, is it? Uh, I, I can't say I was drawn to Middle East, mm -hmm. I, uh, but my goal has always been to know as many place, as many countries, as many cultures as possible. That was my goal. Oh. So I didn't know the Middle East. I wanted to come at some point in my life. But um, I think, you know, it's because of this particular place in time where they are, where 
you know, they're breeding a lot of you know terrorism on one side, mm. and then the, the elite of many of these countries is very worried about this actually, and is very, uh, very deep, very conscious on everything has to do with having a purpose-led life. I mean, people in media are just incredible. In, I mean, I, some of the men. I mean, I mean, in, in, in Jordania, in, in, in Saudi, even in Dubai, in uh, uh, Ajman, all the UAE, etc. Um, yeah, it's been a profound experience. In Pakistan, lately, it's not the Middle East, but still, yeah, uh, the most profound workshop I did. Really? So the like eight, people are making the most breakthroughs there. More breakthrough, <laughs> and then they come after that, and they. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. You really so changed gracious. my. And yeah. you're like, oh my god, I did something today. Yeah. Today was worth my time. Today was worth my. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The level of appreciation and gratitude oh. they give to you, it's much higher than whatever I get in US or Europe. Amazing. That's great. And do you find that there's a certain part of the world that is in more need of this happiness work? Um, more need. Uh, I mean, right now, of course, because I'm French, I'm very focused on what's happening in France. And you might have heard there's some element, you know, some protest oh, yeah. in France. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm biased because because I'm a native Frenchman. But I think France needs a lot. Yeah. Um, a part of me uh, is considering coming back to France, actually, and doing the work I do now, being based in France, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I think U.S. need. I think France needs it. All those big country, you know, um, basically all the top country have been led by just uh, pure capitalism and not conscious capitalism. Yeah. But you know, like San Francisco, many people are going to conscious capitalism. France, I don't think many people have heard of it. U.K. a little bit. Japan, they're not there yet. For instance, Japan, they don't uh, they don't do much things with charity involvement. In Strang Japan, yeah, strangely oh. enough. There are a lot of nice people, that means a lot. Um, individually, they understand their own purpose. In Japan, right. very good when you talk about purpose individually. But at the corporate work, when you talk about doing charity or, or helping your or employee, back. Yeah. it's not there yet. Interesting. So I, I believe Japan needs it. Uh, now, if you ask me what are going to be, be the biggest country in terms of, um, in terms of progress, into that world, like which are the country which are going to have the let's say the biggest percentage of people moving to areas? I'd say it's India and China. Oh wow! So India and China, uh, it's just like uh, you start eighteen months ago, so a year ago, a lot, lot of interest in this field That's from so China. That's surprising! Yeah. Wow. But I mean, it's surprising in one way, and the yeah. other way, you know, there's like what four, five hundred million roughly right, in, so in I think in in China and India who are unfortunately remain poor, you know, right. one to five dollars a day. And there's also 300 million people both in China and India who are now living like the European, like the Americans. Mm -hmm. And those people for the last 20, 25 years were just working, working hard, hard, hard. And now all of a sudden, what else? What else to do in life? Uh, is it really what I want to do? What about, you know, Confucius? What about the prior philosophy? You know, yeah. where, where am I from? Am I, am I just right. meant to just work, work, work? I mean, if you you know study spirituality, often you go to India, often you go to China. Yeah. So those people actually are just uh, basically going back to where they're coming from. So huge interest 
yeah. of this country. That is so interesting. Very, that's very cool. So you're not scared of going to the places that need the most work, but um, you're also going to the places where are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's. Um, I just, I just had a call actually a couple days ago to go back to yeah. Pakistan. I love it. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, before I would have been scared. You know, yeah. And now I'm like, love it. It means I do believe that you, you know, you. There is no coincidence, there is no hazard. Mm -hmm. If you are called to do something, there must be, most likely there's a reason for you to do yeah. it. So, no, I love it. I mean, the most, uh, uh, the head of UNICEF in Iran mm -hmm. um, just contacted me a week ago. They want me to do a, a workshop in Iran. You're can't kidding. Wait. I can't wait. Oh my Iran. God, I'm half Iranian. Right? You take me with? I've never uh, been. Yeah, why not? Why oh not? My God, so maybe cool. you do your podcast. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll Iran. do it there. Yeah. Actually, so cool. I found there's already five chief happiness officer in Iran. You're kidding no, me. Was, what uh, kind of companies are they working for? Actually, most of them, I think, are independent. So, wow. which means they work for many, many companies. Yeah. So, which means there's, I don't know what, let's say those guys have done at least hopefully five or ten right. workshops each. That means at least 50 to 100. Company in Iran have been exposed to what we talk about. That is so refreshing yeah. that it's hitting such a global scale. No, no, wow. it's it's happening everywhere, and yeah. it's in the the middle of some time where you expect uh, the last. Right. Wow, so cool. Love that. Do, do I speak too fast? Do you understand my yes. French accent? Yes, yeah, yes, you're very difficult. good. good. No, it's lovely, lovely. I've just been in this country just 15 years, so. <laughs> Your English is perfect. Yeah, my English is... Uh, I don't think anyone ever complains about a French, ask, uh, and, uh, French accent. Not too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, how did you... You talked a little bit about moving to Atlanta, and you didn't feel um, kind of at home in France. Um, how did you become so engrossed in happiness? Because when I started researching you a little bit, my first thought was like, oh man, this guy's like obsessed with happiness. Something like horrible has happened to him. <laughs> Some sort of tragedy has happened to him to right. make him feel so attached to spreading this happiness that he's found? So, uh, first of all, it was not Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. It was Fitzgerald, Georgia, which is oh. an hour from Baker. Very small town, like John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Okay. Uh, so, Fitzgerald, uh, Georgia. Yeah. Even far, um, far more removed than Atlanta is. I can't wait, actually, to leave. To, to spend some time in Atlanta to get to know the town now. Yeah. Uh, but now back on uh, what happened to me, why I've been, mm -hmm. of course, there have been some sort of tragedy. Yeah. Uh, it was not horrible, horrible yet. It was important enough for me that I say I need to study this. I was 24 years old. Uh, I had studied finance. I already worked in finance. Um, and my dad one night say uh, I was back home. I was already living in Japan, U.S and say, my, your mom and I are going to divorce. And I'm like... Uh, how old were you, know, you? I was 24, so you would think, you know, I'm old enough, I'm not a 10 years old boy who's going to be impact. Yet, I was, I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. I had put a mask, I had just put my blind, that's why I was so motivated to go around the world. When I was 16, I'm like, I can't do anything. I didn't know that I was also escaping from something. Uh -huh. I'm glad I did. So I was a mix of adventure, wanting to know something, exploring and also trying to go away, not seeing what was around me, which was not enough love. Uh -huh. So I, uh, when I was 24, I'm, I stopped everything I was doing. Uh, I remember I could not sleep for a month, one month, walking in the streets of Paris. Every single what I'm going to do, what am I? What, what, if I was so blind, I didn't know who were my parents. I thought I was a smart guy. First of all, I must not be so smart. 
I should have seen something. And then what motivates us, what motivates my dad, my mom, what motivates me? So I switched completely from being like a, at the time, career obsessed, finance obsessed guy to what's out there. Who right. am I? Let's explore myself. Uh, so at the time I understood I was very sensitive and I always wanted to write, so I stopped writing and doing different jobs and that led me to LA doing some acting and yeah. stand-up comedy. And then the second um, pivot, I'm now uh, 37 years old and uh, I'm producing and directing this comedy film, okay. uh, which I had a blast doing with all over the world again, yeah. it's fun. Can't sell the damn movie. Can't sell. No. And then I'm I'm becoming depressed. I'm like, finally I find myself. I'm a filmmaker, comedian. I love what I do. Yeah. Could not sell the film. So once again, what am I? What motivates? What What else can I be happy with? And then I just you know going in again, eating well, doing even more sports, meditation, everything we know talked about when it comes to mindfulness. Mm -hmm. um, you know just really center to yourself. And then I'm like, well, the, the thread of my life since I was 12 years old, what makes me happy besides film and stage is really making other people connected to themselves and connected to me, connected to the world. So basically I have a, a great energy when I meet people. Yeah. You came to this realization during yes. this time period. Yes. Okay. Like, what makes me happy? What else? If I can be a filmmaker, if it doesn't work, I mean, I have to be, I can't sell the film, so it means I don't know if I have the talent enough, I don't know if it's the universe, but like what I know it's not working. So either I stay and I could have stayed in this field, or maybe something else. And so eight years ago or so, stopped my path, what else is there? And that's where I realized happiness is at the center. And for me, happiness is this connection to self and others. Right. Just gonna focus on this. So it took me a two, three years more to to uh, decide and for the when I realized that for two three years I would spend some time with tribes and as a volunteer and was back in tech and all sorts of, uh, of, of uh, happened uh, event happened but if five years ago I decided okay that's it now I know myself enough I know what I like what I love let's just do that let's just create those experiential coaching um, where you feel connected where you have an energy coming where, where people feel, uh, um, you know, happy is a big word, but really, at the end of the day, just uh, feel thriving, feel connected to connected, themselves. Connected, it sounds like, yeah. Right? And of course, happiness is an ongoing definition, right? Um, but I like the one that's connected to yourself, connected to your value, living in a place where you, in a, in a, in a, in a place where you, where you feel like you doing what you have to do in this world. You, yeah. you are the right person at, the, at the, the right time for your life. You're exactly where you belong. Yeah. So that's a long, long answer to your question. No, so. that's, a, that's a great answer. Yeah, I find that when people, when people you know, discover how good life can be, it's because they've experienced how hard yeah. it can be too. So I, I it's, all, yeah, it's I, important, I think, to share that part of the story yeah. with a lot of these really successful yeah. business people or people that have found yeah. um, fulfillment yeah. in whatever way, you know, it's important to know that it didn't just come, the fulfillment yeah. doesn't just kind of come, like it comes from knowing what the opposite yes. of the spectrum, I feel like, um, starts with. Um, so what would you say in terms of your career journey, because you've been an actor, you've been a comedian, you've kind of done a lot of different things, um, what was the least fulfilling part? 
of your career so far? So the thing is, I, I was actually fulfilled most of them until there was a pivot and I had to change, right? Uh, but I was, you know, an actor fulfilled, filmmaker or finance guy. I was fulfilled because at the time I thought they were always my purpose. Until I had to change, uh, it's, it's always the same thing. That's why people, you know, I see some coaches or inspirational speaker or writer, they, they want to convince everyone. They want to, like, yeah. so I just let it go. There's enough people who get what we do. They, you attract the people you need to attract, right? Yeah. So going back to what I, f I felt fulfilled in everything I was doing, right? Yeah. Until the, the moment of change, and then, oh my God, then have all break uh, rules, and then I need to change, right? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I felt fulfilled in most of the, the the work until like, well, not fulfilled at all, and then I yeah. had to absolutely change. It was change. more like life left you unfulfilled than yeah. your career yeah. made you. That's interesting. Um, and switching gears here, um, I really loved your TED talk oh, thank you. um, about uh, being a chief happiness officer and the happiness index and all that stuff it was really great. Thank I'll you. make sure to link to it so people can watch it. Um, and you share a Gallup stat in, yeah. in the talk um, where you say that unhappy employees cost 450 to 500 billion with a B yeah. in, lost pro in lost productivity per year. Um, how can corporations utilize your teachings yeah. as a chief chief happiness officer right. um, into their businesses right. to kind of um, mitigate this cost? Right. So, so when I decided to go in the happiness field, right, uh, soon enough it became clear that it was going to be happiness at work because yeah. actually I can even have more impact because basically what happened is uh, I find someone in the corporation who's an evangelist okay. for what we do. He said, "Let's bring someone in." I didn't know when I stopped my job how efficient the team will be after this. I know they will be better off, more fulfilled and starting the conversation with themselves on why they do what they do. Mm -hmm. Are they in the company they're supposed to be working in now? What we found is when we bring a happiness workshop, we can call it compassion because that's what we do. Or you can call it mindfulness yeah. because what we do. You can call it purpose because that's what we do. You can call it resilience because it's what you do. The tools we use mostly, it's actually improvisation, comedy, and storytelling, and gratitude exercise. Okay. That's the main thing I'm using as a tool, right? Mm. But what we found is when you bring those tools, at the end of the day, it's about employee retention, employee engagement. Why? Because the more you talk about happiness and passion and purpose, and the more you make people feel it around the room, experience for themselves, the more you know they will take off their mask, be themselves, Trust one another, which is the key thing, key thing, key thing. It's the only reason really why CEO uh, write me a check to bring me a, a HR director. It's because at the end of the day, their employee, after a session, and the session can be just a one day long, eight hours, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., they feel they can trust their colleagues. So they see their colleague as a tribe, as a family to go back the next day. And just like in your family, like yeah. in most family, even though we are dysfunctional, mostly, you still want to do the best for your family, right? right? They still, there. even the cousin you don't like so much, was, you know, you if he, I, I like to take this example. I have a cousin in Singapore. I haven't talked to him for 20 years. Yeah. 
But if he wants there, if he calls in New York, of course he can stay in my place for two weeks, three weeks, yeah. and I'll drop everything I have to do just to take care of him. Yeah. And I hope, I think he'll do the same if I come to Singapore tomorrow. Yeah. Right? That's where the family is, right? So once you see your colleague as a tribe, as a family, you work harder, you work better, you're much more creative, and you know why you do the work you do. Interesting. Something I, I want to mention with this, actually it took me a couple of years as a coach, as a, as a workshop facilitator mm -hmm. to understand is, yes, when you bring such workshop into the corporate world, one, roughly one out of 30 people will feel like they want to leave the company, drop the company, and some CEOs or whoever is in charge of hiring people like me is scared of that. I say, no, it's a natural element, it's great. Right. It's because people are bonding. So whoever feels, I'm not part of it. It's not that he's a bad person, he or she is a bad person. It's that he or she is not cultural fit. She right. just doesn't belong to that organization, doesn't belong to that family. And yes, she should get out. Right. Or sometimes that person might even be, be like a natural born like entrepreneur right. or something. They right. realize they're in right. a nine to five job, they don't yeah. belong there. Right. Yeah, that so it's a, it's a good thing. You don't want, you don't want I mean, your, your goal, yeah. I had this discussion, uh, um, your goal, I do believe as a, as a CEO or manager of a team, is really to help everyone to thrive and become the best version of who they are. So if becoming the best version of who they are yeah. unfortunately works against you, which means they have to leave the company, yeah. so be it. Usually you're going to get, I do believe in karma at some point, yeah. you're going to get it back. That person right. five years down the road, thank you, I left the company, but listen, listen there's a business. Yeah. Would you like I have someone to introduce you? Usually it works that way. Yeah, very cool. Um, here's an existential question for you. Um, are people meant to be happy every day? All no. day, every day? No. No, we, 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 so this is why for me, my definition of happiness, right, is uh, uh, living a life around your value where joy and purpose have, um, uh, are, uh, in French, in place prépondérante, where joy and purpose are the, maybe the, the leading things, the most important forces, which means, uh, when you get a lot of joys, many times after you have some sort of sadness, sort of the auto-regulation, auto-emotion. And when you have purpose, usually it comes from tragedy, just like me when I decided I was going to stop finance and stop my way to become the man I was supposed to be. So to explain joy and purpose, you have to let your emotion uh, live, which means you have to be raw and real with yourself, uh, emotional honesty, which means you cannot be happy to what uh, society concerns, a thing of happy, which means just smiling and upbeat and energy all the time. No. Right. You're not meant to be happy. But you're meant to live a life where joy and purpose should be the main thing to go after. You will, you, but the, the, the more you know that, the more, the more to remind yourself this is where you're going, you're, you you are okay whenever you're down, you say, okay, I'm down now, it's fine, and I can let to, to people I'm fine with, or my family, or my girlfriend, wife, whoever, and I can let them know what state I am, what emotional state um, I am, it, it, and it doesn't mean I have to switch immediately. Right. I don't like that. I mean, I do not believe in those yeah. motivational speakers. You can switch, you have to. 
Yeah. No, no, just take the time you need to, you know, it's very Buddhist, yeah. but to leave that suffering. Yeah. And if it's one night, two nights, and you have to cry, you have to walk in the street, and you have to take a day off from work, right. so be it. So we meant to have joy, we meant to have some highs, and we meant to have purpose. Right. Usually, if this happened, we also understand when to down. So. Yeah. Um, so what do you do when you're, I mean, I imagine, I know you've had a tough week with a new baby, keeping yeah. up all night, I'm sure yeah, I'm sure you I, get stressed. Yeah. And I was, I mean, super stressed. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it was uh, the highlight of my week with my baby last week was besides when the fact that, you know, I was holding him and yeah. so much love, a friend of mine, you know, he felt, I called a friend and said, oh my God, I'm going insane. <laughs> so yeah, Mr. Happiness, but I'm going insane. I mean, yeah. I'm so scared. I'm so right. worried from my baby. Uh, the, my, my wife was not here the, at the time. Yeah. What should I do? And he came over with a pizza, you know, Brooklyn oh, guy, so nice. Brooklyn filmmaker. He came with a pizza, a couple of uh, a couple, I mean, one uh, bottle of wine. Yeah. And then uh, it's the best wine, the best pizza, right? <laughs> so I mean, friendship, of course. I mean, for right. this nature, nature, nature. Mm -hmm. We don't. I mean, you know, in Japan we call it forest therapy. Oh, yeah. it right. is therapy. It's therapy, yeah. but just we need to remind these especially those people here. Right? Yeah, you know, it is therapy. It is good for you as yes. much nature. So I need nature, and I need rest. That's great. So I know. I mean, when I can't no more, if I know with, with my client, I say I have no mental space, guys. Yeah. I can't. I can't listen to what you, you have to do. I'm sorry. You call me back in two days. I cannot work for you. Right. Some are surprised. Some are not. Uh, used to hear such a thing and it's fine yeah. they don't have to they, but this is the way i work i respect myself so yeah. nature taking a risk when i can say and i just say basically just put the brake right just, i need to put the brake where I need do you to go park to, the car. yeah it's a park the car where do you uh go to get your nature fix in new york oh i go to a place which i love you might know yeah. ananda ashram oh i've heard of it best place to get my fix i go there where is that four five six times a year okay it's an hour from new york it's a uh, uh, it's actually uh, so it's five minutes from Monroe. Okay, Monroe. Yeah. You heard, so well I've, I've heard of this place. A couple of people have mentioned it's it. Very nice. Yeah. Ayurvedic food, yoga, oh. really nice people around, nice spot. It's not luxurious by any means. Yeah. But it's 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 maybe one of the most peaceful places I know in the world. Wow. Which is so strange, right? An hour from New York. Yeah. So Ananda Ashram all the way for me. I'm going to look that up and put that on my list. Um, so tell me about Stand Up for Passion. Um, how did these events come to be and what is like, what is your intention? What is your goal right. with these events? So um, when we started this, I my goal was like, I'm going to make people speak about their passion. Mm -hmm. I call it Stand Up for Passion. I'm a passion guy. So, and then during the first coaching, because I say I used to be an actor, a comedian, I can help people how to speak, express their, their self, their story on stage. So I'm going to coach them. And then during the first coaching, uh, I think that was my friend, is it Suki Son? Maybe it was from my friend Suki Son, Korean-American girl. And mm -hmm. instead of talking about passion, yeah. she talked about her three different boyfriend, husband were like, you know, a way to find an ideal man, okay. which he found. And so three I, different boyfriends yeah, at well, different times. At different times, okay. right, at different times. Right. I know I'm French, but I'm <laughs> in America, so three different boyfriends at different times. Different times. Right, guys. Um, and, and I'm like, oh my God, this is very deep. And then yeah. my friend, when I say, your passion, and then 
just because I was allowing this space to be whoever they want and talking about what they want, um, my, my second friend started to talk about how one time he was a very rich guy in real estate actually in New York City and then one time he was on a beach somewhere in the world and he's like, what am I doing? What's my purpose? I've got this money, what am I doing? Yeah. And then my third friend started to talk about how he had a breakthrough, he was from Azerbaijan, um, uh, trying to, to get into politics there because he said there was nothing else that matters. Uh, he almost got in jail, his friend got tortured. And, and I'm like, all of them, they were talking about their purpose. So yeah. I kept the name Stand Up For Passion because they all talk about their purpose, but with passion, with yeah. emotion, no limits. Concept is simple. Seven speakers, seven minutes. Why? It's just about the right amount of time where you can listen to someone without getting bored if they're well trained, right? So you still have to train them on speaking well and in a fun way and entertaining. So it's not improvised like it is now. It's, it's uh, we build a script. Oh, right? okay. Uh, so no picture behind, no videos, just themselves and a mic, yeah. but with a learned script. Uh, we've done 24, 25 events around the world, as you say. The, the base is still New York. And sometimes we have themes like entrepreneurship, how entrepreneurship makes you happy, or ambition and happiness, woman empowerment. We did mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, we had you know, people like Reshma Sojani, you know, the Girls Who Code. I don't know if you heard of her. Oh, Girls Who Code. Right? Yes, she did yes. a great TED talk. So great. she came and spoke with her husband, actually, Nihal Mehta. Great which is one of the best venture capitalists of New York City. Mm -hmm. They talk as, you know, as a, for them, on, you know, what is it to be a, basically a power couple, right? The, the, the up and down and how to work together in, in a relationship. Oh, that's interesting. Beautiful to see. Yeah. The next theme is uh, at Google, April 10, on artificial intelligence and purpose. Oh, how so cool. So I'm bringing seven artificial intelligence from around the world. I mean, they're coming from... Dubai, Bangalore, Toronto, Vancouver, San Francisco, LAF, just one guy from New York. Wow. Alexander Winter, shout out to him. Um, everyone else from around the world. Wow. And they will talk on seven minutes how they find purpose working on AI and how AI can for them help the purpose of the world. Beautiful. Love it. So and talk. you kind of coach them through this. I process. coach them. Beautiful. I usually coach them three to five three to four, five coaching each. Yeah. Sometimes individually, most of the time as a group. Okay. It's fascinating to <coughs> sorry. To coach them as a group. Yeah. Um, so but we'll be in uh, Sao Paulo on March twenty eighth, Aruba April five, Bogota May fifth, Bordeaux in France June third, and I'm talking to a team in Miami and a team in Hong Kong. Wow. Sounds so much fun. I think I gotta take my uh, maybe I have to take my events international. It's a good plan to do it. <coughs> do you have a regular ritual that you practice every day that keeps yourself in alignment, um, keep yourself in happiness alignment? Maybe you call it every day. So do I have a, a ritual that yes. I do every day? And of course, as a coach, as a facilitator, as a speaker, of course I do. No, I don't. Really? I wish I wish I do, yeah. and I would love to say because it would sound smarter than I am, you know, more intelligent. But uh, unfortunately, I don't. But if for, I don't know, it's it's not. I you know since I'm doing so much with this work of people who say, understand your strength, and, and what you're good at. What I understood is, and I'm I'm, I'm challenge based 
ritual. I'm a challenge-based uh, work alcoholic. I'm a challenge-based uh, emotional guy, which means I need a challenge to work on something. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I'm flat, I'm boring, I'm bored, yeah. I don't want to do anything. Same with ritual. So I'm, I'm, I know many writers and most writers, yeah. most speakers, most coach have a ritual. Um, the only ritual I have is, is, is this, is when I have a new date of a new, you know, a big event happening somewhere in the world or a big workshop I have to do for a company or keynotes or whatever, uh, then I have a series of things I do, right? So, yeah, I mean, I'm, because I'm so excited towards uh, this event. So what are those things? Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, I wake up early, I would walk uh, yeah. around. Uh, I'm only going to check my uh, social network when I have something, you know, 20 minutes max. That's but then yeah. um, I would make sure to make to do probably forty five minutes of of uh, of uh, workout whatever mm -hmm. whatever thing is uh, a day five days a week um, I will you know when I have those those things like two weeks before so I will not take alcohol and I would, so mm -hmm. all those things uh, but again they are challenge based things right so yeah. on a daily it's thing, like you're training for the thing. I'm training yeah and I like this and that's yeah. what I'm good and that's what I've always done. And I'm, I'm, and I love it, and I appreciate, and I admire those people who have a constant ritual. Uh, I've tried; it's not me. I yeah. meditate, but not every single day. Too. Yeah. I meditate when I have those things as well, and can last a long time. But it, it's yeah. it's not. Everything. It's not a daily routine. That's great. Um, how do you measure success? Impact. The impact. impact you have on people. That's it. I mean, how many people you've have transformed or have understanding the conversation with themselves or you know just really help to to see there's another world other, another perspective in life yeah. i mean um i remember i was i was having lunch in paris with this big finance guy and so he was a friend of a friend so he was like and he's like you know and i'm not into that stuff you're talking about i don't know sharing your stories and, and being vulnerable and I don't get it. I don't, I don't see, I'm a 51 years old, very successful guy. I don't yeah. understand that thing. By the end of the lunch, yeah. after 90 minutes, he started telling me his deeper, deeper secret, oh, his wow. life story, what matters to him. And in the middle, he said, I'm done. I don't know why I'm telling you that. Yeah. I, I'm not, I didn't even ask him yeah. to tell me his secret and what made him and his strategy. It's just at some point, if you open to the, I guess, the rise of consciousness, of rise of being true with one another, at some point it will open. Wow. Uh, which is very interesting. That is very interesting. You, you said something interesting in your TED talk about Bhutan. So, uh, so yeah, I've never been to Bhutan, right? Yeah. Uh, I've been approached to people in Bhutan. It's the first time I'm going to actually do a speech with some Bhutan people, with the people for the gross Bhutan. national happiness. So I don't know if you heard, but 1978, the Prince of Bhutan uh, inherits his, his throne. He's 17 years old at the time. Wow. And he looks at how to manage a country. And with the, his mentor, his economic teacher, telling him about GDP, GNP, and all the economic metrics. And he's like, what about happiness? Do we measure, you know, do we measure the impact of people? And say, so what do you mean? And the guy started to study, very smart guy. Yeah. And he came down, he created the gross national happiness. So he measures people by how much happiness they have, right? which means how much green there is in the, in the, around mm -hmm. you, how much trust they have between individuals, how much trust they have towards the government, which is one of the reasons Danish people are the smartest, uh, the 
Smart. Maybe they're smartest <laughs> as well. But the smarter in my mind, right? The yeah. happiest people in the world. Yeah. It's because they, they value so much trust between people and trust to the government. So interesting, right? That is so And it's probably why, you know, American right now are less happy because the government, yes. without getting into politics. But yes. it, the, the minute you lose faith in your government, you lose some sort of, 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 uh, of happiness. Absolutely. So, uh, uh, so yeah, I'm doing this thing with Bhutan. So they create this gross national happiness. So it's based on trust, on, on green, um, on, on how much education, of course, the social welfare, uh, you know, the discrepancy between the poor and the richest in the countries. Oh. And we know in America, for instance, it's never been so high, right? I right. Mean, it's one to 250 yeah, between exactly. the highest CO salary and the poorest people. I mean, it used to be 10, one to 10 difference, right? Yeah. And now it's one to 250. Wow. So we know that it right, created the, the, the most um, uh, discrepancy. So interesting. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're successful, I think, is the bottom line of that Thank question. You. <laughs> in your own eyes and in my eyes, too. So, um, how do you, from your vantage point and with the work that you do, how do you see the world evolving like 10 years from now, let's right. say? Um, and how do you see yourself contributing to it? Right. I was watching yesterday um, a podcast with um, where Soren Sodamer was, okay. in, was interviewed. I don't know. You, you know this guy, you know? He's the founder of Wisdom 2.0. Oh, yes. Which you have to go, actually, in your field. Yes, I have it on my list of things I want to check out, yeah. So it's, you gotta go, it's in San Francisco every year, 3,000 coaches and cool. mindful people from around the world come. They also have an event in New York, although the SF one is... Better. hundred times better than the yeah. one in New York every year. Uh, and he was saying something interesting, he read, the podcast uh, journalist was asking him um, not on where do you see the future, but where, do you, where is the world now? And he says this very interesting thing. He said, I see the world is very well intended, mm -hmm. which is there's, I think he talks about this rise of consciousness and yeah. people trying to define success in other means. Yeah. And also, um, uh, and also he says, so it's the, the world is well intended on one side and the world is so distracted on the other side, right? That's what it is now with social network and everything we know, of course. Now, move that forward these 10 years from now, I, uh, uh, I, I really do believe something would have happened in, the, in terms of social networks. And the, so I do believe there will be, I don't know what happened, right? Let's right. say 20, 15, 20 years from now, 10 years now. But I, I'm sure 15, 20 years, I, I am convinced, you know, I mean, I start to see that in, uh, in India, in France, I think some school in, uh, in America, they cancel phone. Kids cannot have phone from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Really? Not a lot. You have to hide it. Smart. You can be fired from school. I love it. Wow. So you can't at least destroy your friend when you're 12 years old. Uh, you know, I've been called yesterday uh, to do a speech at uh, Rye High School, oh, Rye, cool. you know, upstate New York, um, Westchester, right? I think so, um, yeah. Uh, because you know all the kids and how you know how they, they deal with what's going on and yeah. create so much distress and drama. Uh, uh, so what I see is there is there is going to be some more revolution around what do we do with our time, right? What do we what do we do with our presence? What do we do with our focus? Because it can be too much social network. Uh, artificial intelligence, I think, will help us. Which means I do believe 
that it will take a lot of our jobs. But because it will take a lot of our jobs, there will be so much time free for you where you're really going to wonder about where, where do you do in society, who you are, what's your purpose, where you're going. So actually I see, I'm very, I mean, I'm very optimistic 20 years from now, 15, 20, yeah. 10 years, I don't know, 15, 20 years, I'm super optimistic yeah. in how the world is going to be. Uh, I, I do believe artificial intelligence is going to automate what needs to be automated. And I'm convinced either some billionaire of the world or high institution is going to help the people that we're going to take those very you know uh, low job to train to do something else mm -hmm. to train to do other job right um, there's people like Jack Ma in China there's yeah. uh, what's this, this, this Chinese AI specialist who's convinced that uh, AI actually is going to lead to more creative compassionate based job more nurses doctors psychologists coaches but also designer actors sculpture so I'm very optimistic in this thing. I'm yeah. very optimistic for people. They, they're really going to start to, to look at what their happiness and purpose. Uh, so I'm very optimistic 15, 20 years. I think yeah. 10 years from now, we're still going to go. It's going to keep going down, down, down. Until it has to go up. Right. So you, know, so. We have to, you have to look forward. So 20 years, you and I will still be alive. So we will be able to, we'll to see We'll recap and we'll see, right. we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll be able to witness yeah. this thing. I'm, I'm, I'm excited actually, my, my kid is nine months old. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for the world is going to be when he's 20, not when he's 10. When yeah. he's 20, I'm very excited for Yeah, him. I hope so. It sounds like a balance will we'll come out of it. Okay. Let's do a podcast in 20 years. Yeah, we'll, we'll Get put it in the calendar. I'm 20 years from now. That's good. Uh, and the last question for you that I like to leave people with, what is a valuable piece of advice you would like to give to entrepreneurs today right. that are building their businesses and um, are also trying to achieve happiness right. while they're doing it? Um, so it's a tricky one, right? I, we did uh, at Stand Up For Passion, and I think we have the entire conversation on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash standupforpassion. We did a panel on ambition and happiness. Tricky one because ambition you need to keep going forward, make decision, look, you know. So you can't always live in the present. Yeah. And we know happiness is equanimity and living in the present and feeling what you have, being really engaged. Um, yet many of us, like you and I, we are in New York, we are both ambitious and we want happiness for ourselves. Yeah. Right? So f for me, I mean, the only way I found it is like, to do what I'm doing now. Right? I'm right. a social entrepreneur. I make money, but I don't make millions, but I have a life, healthy lifestyle. I'm doing pretty much what I want to do. Right. I found the, 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 the right, you know, for those that really want to do, you know, like build unicorn and top startups, which is fine too. Yeah. The, the, on, the only thing I have to tell them is keep, make sure you keep a space, whether it's in nature or whether it's on weekend with your passion within outside of work. That's is, this is the only thing. Keep it. Your two best friends keep seeing. Don't say, "Oh no, for the next six months, I'm not going to see my friend." Just no, mistake, mistake, mistake. Yeah. I've seen that over and over. Uh, so for every entrepreneur out there, either create an impact-led or purpose-led, but you might not make billions of dollars. So if your goal is to make billions of dollars, which is fine, make sure on the side on weekends you can keep your friends on nature or passion. Otherwise, you're going to lose it all because we know, you know, one out of uh, 100 are going to make it those, those right. 100 million dollar rich guys 
we know. So everyone else, usually many of them go into super big depression. Many of them never come out or always, you know, keep this sadness for the rest of their life. Right. Because they went dead on something, didn't work, and then they feel like they're a piece of shit for the rest of their life. When they're not, right. they should be proud. They try something, didn't work. Yeah. I mean, I think for entrepreneurship, is one of the best thing in the world. Right. You try, you see, you make an, you're yeah. making an impact. You, you think, you know, you, you, and you're helping the the, the society by by uh, by uh, you know bringing job and, and and making people align with what they have. Great. Not, too, so not too many answers. No, this is beautiful. Too, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so insightful. Thank you thank so you. much for being here. Thank you.